This is Cisco Chat Podcast. Each episode features Cisco experts discussing the latest technology topics from around the globe. As always, check out the show notes for links to more on today's topic. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Cisco Chat Live. I'm Amy Blanchard and I am on the floor of Spice World in Austin, Texas. Now, just a couple of housekeeping items before we get too into this. You guys out in the audience can ask questions live on the Cisco chat hashtag, or you can ask, uh, put your questions into the chat in the comments section on YouTube or on Facebook. So we're going to talk today about how Barkley tamed their wild IT. And the stars of the show today are the two gentlemen to the left of me. Um, we've got Lambert Tolmadin. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lambert. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great, great to be here. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. And then we've got Tanner Gardner from Converge One. It's good to be here. Thank you for joining us today, Tanner. So what we're hoping to talk about today is have you guys tell the story of what Barclay US did to kind of tame the wild IT. So I'm gonna ask you a few questions um, so you can kind of tell the story to the audience. And then we're gonna have the folks that are watching, um, they'll be able to ask you questions as well. Okay. Yeah, so why don't we start at the beginning. And can you, Lambert, tell us a little bit about Barclay US and then maybe paint the picture of what the IT situation looked like when you got there? Sure. So uh, Barclay is a full-service, uh, innovative, creative organization um, whose goal is to future-proof the brands of all our customers. Um, when I arrived at Barclay about two years ago, the IT situation is definitely an IT jungle. <laughs> there was um, um, you know, marks from all the different IT, t- IT teams uh, you know, before me um, you know, with different software services, different technologies, um, you know, we had um, different uh, amounts of uh, technologies like storage, um, infrastructure, networking. Um, it was just all over the place. So how we knew many, we had to do how something. How many different um, IT applications and things do you guys think you actually had? Um, we probably had probably north of 500 applications. Whoa. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> that's a jungle. It is. <laughs> it is definitely a jungle. Yeah. So once you got in there and you kind of saw what the landscape of this IT jungle, mm-hmm. what was your plan? Like, did you have an approach of how you were going to tackle it? And how did you do that? Well, absolutely. The first thing I thought of was, well, um, I called Tanner up <laughs> and said, you know, I, I need your help here. You know, uh, we have a situation where we um, have an opportunity um, to, um, you know, untangle this jungle here and put it, put Barkley on the right track. Um, using technology, using uh, new services, and really just simplifying the way we do things today. Yeah. You know, so I started out with a, a high-level uh, strategy, a high-level approach to define, okay, where we are today and where we want to be tomorrow. Um, then once we figured out that high-level strategy, we started filling in the blanks. What are our IT priorities? What are our challenges that we face today? What are some of the things that we need to consider? Yeah. Um, you know, as we... Um, Develop this plan to um, to attack this jungle and to eventually conquer it. Yeah, you know, which kind of led into our different transformation uh, strategies. Um, you know, we knew we needed a business transformation, we needed a digital transformation, and we needed a IT transformation, which all kind of dovetailed really nicely together um, to evolve into our greater strategy of getting IT back on track to become a business partner 
um, of Berkeley. Yeah. Yep. So Tanner, maybe you can jump in here. Can you talk about how Converge One contributed to this strategy that uh, Lambert just outlined for us? Sure. So Converge One and my team and even the Cisco team locally there in Kansas City were really involved from uh, day one. Uh, when, when Lambert approached us, he had a few kind of, uh, you know, high priority, kind of high visibility problems that he needed to take care of immediately. So uh, my team and I came in and kind of helped with with a lot of those things, uh, kind of take care of the low-hanging fruit and, and kind of get a couple wins under Lambert's belt. And then uh, kind of the conversations then kind of turn into more strategic. You know, how do we tackle these different phases of the transformation? You know, the storage, the, the compute, the security. Uh, so uh, Lambert and I were talking earlier today. Mm-hmm. I think we, we tallied up. We uh, probably met 15 or 20 times just in... Kind of yeah, the pre-design stages mm-hmm. and kind of figuring out where we needed to go with everything and figuring out what technologies and what solutions were the best fit for what they needed to accomplish. Yeah, Berkeley. so you guys had to put a lot of kind of strategic planning into figuring out what the steps were going to be. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we took a very methodical process to understand the different challenges yep. um, that we face, um, not only as an IT organization, but more importantly as a business organization and where they wanted to go. Um, and it really kind of dictated the, the technology. And one of the big challenges that we had, um, we had a small IT team. Yeah. An IT team of around, you know, five people. So, well, and that's really common, mm-hmm. I think, in a lot of smaller businesses or even medium-sized businesses. Mm-hmm. You have a skeleton IT staff, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And we had 400-plus employees that we, um, we were responsible for to ensure that, you know, we kept the lights on, the laptops running. And basically, uh, you know, all the technology had to be running for them to perform their work for their customers. Wow, Okay. So you guys met and you developed this strategic plan, but I think one of the biggest challenges that a lot of small businesses or medium-sized businesses face, the IT team has the plan. How do you get the buy-in? How do you get what you sure. need from your management and from you know even the folks that are going to be using the, the technology once you implement? How do you get the buy-in? Sure, absolutely. I mean, you know what we did was form. Uh, first thing we did was form a uh, IT steering committee. You know, a, a, a group uh, that consisted of our leadership. Um, stakeholders, you know, upper management, so um, they can understand, you know, what is at at risk here. You know, what are we trying to accomplish, and why we're trying to accomplish. And you know, being um, the biggest uh, employee-owned uh, agency in the country, um, there's a oh. lot of you know stakeholders. Um, you know, a lot of owners want to know, well, what are we spending our money on? You know, what 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 challenges do we truly want to uh, uh, solve here? So, you know, I made sure that we involved them from the very beginning, but then. Um, we were brutally honest and, you know, gave them the, the good, the bad, and the ugly and just kind of laid it out. You know, this is where we are today. This is where we need to be. This is um, uh, where we, need, we want to go um, to ensure that we have a positive future. Um, in addition to that, um, you know, we wanted to present them um, a plan where it was easy to understand, um, had a lot of accountability uh, included into it, um, but also they had an ability to voice their opinion of, you know, what's needed, what's not needed. Um, so they felt like they had a voice. Absolutely. Okay. And was that key, do you think, um, making sure that they had a voice to contribute? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially within our, our, our culture, having a voice is a very important thing to all our employees. Okay. Okay. So you've got the strategic plan. You figured out a strategy uh, to get the buy-in for the key stakeholders. You got approval. Mm-hmm. What next? How did you actually make this happen? How did you get it past the planning stage? Sure. So um, we did more planning, actually. <laughs> you know, we uh, t- again, we teamed up with uh, Tanner at Converge One and uh, yeah. Cisco. 
Um, you know, like Tanner said, we met uh, a bunch of times. Um, we uh, figured out the engineering. We selected uh, necessary technologies yep. um, to do um, our different transformations. Um, and did you have a criteria that you used to select the necessary technologies? Like what led you to make those decisions? Yeah, so we did our initial planning from the top down. Yeah. Right, so we had a vision of where we wanted to go. But we knew we had to implement from the bottom up because yeah. of infrastructure needs to be strong enough um, to be able to support all the other transformations. So we, we basically started out with our network transformation. Okay. Um, that was one of the biggest pain points that our internal users reported to us was unreliable wireless, unreliable uh, wire connections. So we knew we had to address that first. Mm -hmm. So um, that really determined which path we were going on because um, our staff is very mobile. They walk around the building with their laptops. They're not usually at their desk. Um, they want to be untethered. So that really dictated which wireless platform that we were going to go with. And you we had decided, to really mobilize them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. You know, so we decided to go with um, the Cisco Meraki platform there and um, and uh, redesign our entire network um, in a way where it would be very reliable. Um, I mean, what was what was really awesome about this project? Um, we actually had a guy from uh, the Cisco Meraki office yeah. come down. Take a look at he the office. He came on site for you guys? Yeah, he did okay. come on site for wow. us. Yeah. Took a look at our building, um, you know, did his analysis, and came up with a, a plan to um, uh, deal with all the radio interference, the concrete. I mean, we had a ton of challenges. Yeah. In there. Can we talk through some of the challenges? Absolutely. Like, help us understand yeah. what those challenges yeah. were. So, uh, Berkeley is an open office space. There, there really aren't any walls in the, in, the, in, the, in the system or in the, in the, in the office. So um, there's a lot of radio interference. People are dropping connections, and mm. they, they, they move about quite a bit. Um, so to solve that challenge, um, you know, we had a guy from Meraki come over, take a look at the office, analyze it, and decided you know, the best thing for us to do is actually mount our access points on the columns and face it all inward to create a saturation okay. of wireless. Um, ever since we did that, um, we haven't had any issues. Wow. Um, you know, no one's complained about uh, dropping wireless connections or, or other connectivity issues. You know, couple that with, um, you know, implementing a new Cisco Nexus Core um, and Meraki Edge switches. Um, you know, so we were able to solve the pain points that our users were reporting to us, but also create an infrastructure that was so simplified a small IT team can actually mm. manage mm. and not have a dedicated network engineer on board. You yeah. know. So what other specific pain points was simplifying your IT? Like what other pain points did that help solve for you guys? Um, uh, it helped uh, solve uh, productivity. It's, oh, another, yeah. it's another huge thing. Um, so we have a video team um, that likes to uh, edit uh, uh, 4K directly from our storage arrays. So it's very important that they had um, you know, 10 gig connections to the desktop. Yeah. So you know, having an older um, uh, network infrastructure, we knew we had to make changes um, so they can access their video vault with efficiency. Um, so we put in a Nexus core, Meraki switches, um, 10 gig to the desktop. We were actually able to increase their speeds uh, for, for editing, accessing files, but not only for that team. Um, yeah. It really affected an entire company. Um, you know, being able to copy files down, open files directly from our network shares, open them up. We were able to gain a lot of efficiencies yeah. um, okay. by implementing this new network. 
Okay. So you started with the network and the wireless. Um, was there a phased approach then with when you were doing your implementation of the new technology? Like, how did that work? Yeah, so um, we did everything in phases. So we, um, we decided to um, put in the, the core switch and the Meraki Edge switches first okay. because we needed to have a strong infrastructure um, to really feed the Meraki wireless piece. So we implemented those systems first. Then after that, we implemented um, the Meraki wireless and with the new designs that the gentleman from Meraki had designed for us. Okay, okay. So what do you see next? I know you have your IT transformation and your digital transformation and your business transformation. Mm -hmm. What's next for you guys? Um, you know, what do you see on the horizon? Well, um, we see ourselves uh, growing and scaling within the, with the business. You know, we're just gonna follow the business's lead um, whichever direction that they go. Um, yeah. You know, we um, had uh, implemented a very scalable infrastructure. I mean, not, not only on the network piece, but um, the other thing I want to mention is the hyper-converged systems that we put in. Yeah, the Hyperflex, you know? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cisco Hyperflex. Yeah. In our initial conversations, yeah. when we were first starting to, to kind of talk about your virtual infrastructure, I think we were kind of leaning towards more of a converged infrastructure and through mm -hmm. kind of the design phase and the conversations yeah. with my design architects and the Cisco yeah. team, we quickly realized that uh, your data, your block data footprint was was really pretty small, mm -hmm. and uh, converged didn't really make sense. So we started to kind of look at uh, hyper converged and. So could uh, you maybe explain to our viewers what a hyper converged system is? Like maybe talk a little bit about the differences between a converged and a hyper converged. Sure. So a traditional converged system, you yeah. have disparate uh, disparate storage array, and then you have switching to connect everything, and then you have host. With hyper-converged, everything is consolidated into one okay. appliance, so to speak. So your compute, your storage, your everything is, is in one box. You don't have to worry about network connectivity to make it all connect and talk properly. It's just kind of a, an easy button for your, uh, for your virtual infrastructures. Yeah, and it was a very uh, simple infrastructure, simple, easy to maintain. Um, was it easy to get set up and deploy? Or? Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah, okay. absolutely. I mean, for... For a system like a hyperconverse, um, and it was it was wizard based. Okay. Um, we just kind of walked through with the uh, engineers, but the key was planning. Yeah. Um, you know, Cisco ran us through an exercise beforehand to do all the planning. You know, uh, allocation of IP addresses. Um, you know, that would really dictate you know the configuration of the hyperconverged system. So once we had all that laid out, it was just a matter of just following the wizard, entering in all that data. Then we were up and going and yeah. ready to start transferring all our virtual machines over to this new system. Wow. Okay. When we were going through the planning stages of the project, I think we initially uh, spec'd about a week for the Hyperflex install. Uh, once we kind of got through all of the uh, kind of the IP addresses, you know, what IP address do we want here and all the paperwork to kind of do all the planning, uh, the actual implementation of Hyperflex, I think, took, a, took about two days and we yeah, were migrating it was, it was workloads. To set up yeah, a uh, new data center, hyperconverged data center took two days. Yeah, and you know we were we were taking our time, you know, because it was, it <laughs> because was new to Because you wanted to, to do it right, right, right? You wanted to you do know? it right, yeah. yeah. And if we had to do it again, it would probably be less than two days. Okay. And this was just at our Kansas City location. So we set up two other locations, okay. Pittsburgh and our Boulder, Colorado location with these with exact same systems because we okay. wanted consistency, we sure. wanted simple IT, and we wanted something that was easily maintainable by a small group of people. Okay, yeah. so it sounds like you guys have made all of these improvements, but 
what benefits are the Barclay employees seeing now? Like, have you seen any changes? And you talked a little bit about productivity, but are they happier? Like, what other changes have you seen that this tech stack has enabled for you guys? Sure. So we, we've seen um, a major drop in, um, in a lot of uh, help desk tickets, service really? desk tickets. Um, you know, concerning our network okay. and um, you know uh, file share okay. um, issues that come that's come to rise, um, but we've also seen an increase in um, utilization of our file servers. You know, um, people aren't complaining about you know the slowness of you know copying files down or putting files back on. You know, yep. so being a creative company, we create a lot of ideas, and ideas equate to data. You know, so and, and, and data equates, equates to uh, you know, storage and a lot of um, you know performance that we require to move that data around our network. Yeah, you know, having a forty gig backbone has just really increased efficiency to collaborate, to share um, you know work that we have done for clients internally, um, as well as externally. Mm. Um, so um, you know, our our, our, our internal uh, users have a lot more confidence in our, in our infrastructure now than our, our previous infrastructure. That's great. So I also had heard you talk about, you guys um, had a great session earlier here at Spice World where you talked about um, how Barclay tamed the IT jungle. And one of the yeah. things mm -hmm. you guys mentioned in that session was the collaboration technology and some mm -hmm. of the impacts that, uh, was it WebEx Teams that you guys have installed? And yes. I think um, yes. uh, Teams boards too. So could you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about how you implemented that technology and how folks are using it and maybe the impact that that's had as well? Sure, absolutely. Um, so um, we implemented WebEx uh, for Teams. Um, kind of, it was kind of a surprise uh, technology transformation for us. What's a surprise our, technology transformation? Well, our, uh, <laughs> all this planning that you guys do. <laughs> right. Our, so our phone system, our, our voice over IP phone system, decided to just one day die. Oh no! You know, it wasn't even a beautiful death. It just stopped working <laughs> completely. Um, so we were just kind of in a pickle there, and um, we um, actually contacted. You know, I called up Tanner. Kind of in a panic, uh -huh. you know. Contacted our, our Cisco rep in a panic. It's like, I, I need your help here. Uh, we need to move forward with our other workforce transformation, which was the implementation of WebEx for Teams and using their virtual uh, PBX uh, phone system to replace what we just lost here. Um, so um, we got that on track. Um, uh, Tanner's team, um, uh, the Cisco team, moved pretty quickly. The, uh, by that afternoon, they were able to uh, spin up a. Um, a, uh, a temporary cloud version of WebEx for Teams for us um, that would eventually turn into our our final uh, WebEx for Team. Uh, they did instance. that the same day that yes. your phone system went down. They were able to spin that up for you the same mm -hmm. day. Yeah, not only that, but they uh, brought in a bunch of spare desk phones, um, so we were able to redirect our phone lines and um, you know get back into business uh, what we needed to as far as communications uh, plan um, for our clients to reach us. And, and, and more. Um, but then, you know, as we kind of uh, work through this implementation of, okay, well, now we need to implement the rest of it, um, we wanted to add, um, you know, uh, spark kits or room kits. We wanted to. What's um, a room kit? Room kit is um, it's basically a video enabled device. Okay. Um, it's almost like a sound bar that would fit underneath a television um, in, a, in a conference room um, that would take the place of a traditional. Um, phone or conference room phone, um, but it will give you the option to do audio calls, video calls, 
Um, but it's it's and, more than that. I mean, and you can do it in any put a room kit into any regular conference room or. Um, yes. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's there's different okay. there's different room kit models out there. One's made for larger rooms. One made for for smaller rooms. But it pretty much can fit in 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 almost every room out okay. there. And and the cool thing is, if you use the the video call or video functionality, um, these systems are smart enough where the camera on the room kit will actually redirect and uh, kind of focus in on the person that is speaking okay. within that conference room. But um, yeah, we were able to uh, ina- video enable all our offices, which was uh, really awesome. Wow. Um, we were able to uh, instantly uh, cut down an amount of travel um, you know, that our employees have, uh, have been doing from office to office um, and even to client sites. We were able to even convince a client to put a video unit in, in their office and we were able to connect uh, uh, one of our war rooms and their war rooms so we can uh, do face-to-face collaboration. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great implementation and um, you know, um, by putting in the WebEx for Teams, um, we're continuing to use that tool to not only do collaboration internally, externally, but you know, leveraging um, the uh, WebEx for Teams app as a, actually a desktop phone replacement wow. that we've installed on everyone's mobile phone. Um, so everyone has an extension. Um, they can receive their phone calls, uh, check their voicemails, and, and, and more on that. Okay. So I'm going to start to um, uh, field some of the questions for you guys that are coming okay. in live. But as I'm bringing those up, could you both share some of the best practices for folks that are thinking about doing a digital transformation, that folks are trying to simplify their IT, trying to reduce the number of vendors, the, no- the amount sure. of complexity. Absolutely. Like, can you help share some best practices? Because I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. you guys learned a lot doing this. So you yeah. guys start talking about that and I'll start getting the questions okay. from our live audience. You know, I would say um, far as best practices go, when you engage into any sort of technology transformation is, uh, I actually have three points. Um, the first point is uh, get support from your leadership. Um, it's necessary to have you um, have their support, you know, so they can have your back um, when making uh, you know crucial decisions on technologies, um, operational uh, budgets, capex budgets, you know, that are associated with that. Um, the second point, um, as far as best practice, is have a strong team, have a strong IT team, a staff that understands the vision, that supports the goals, um, and will be there to maintain. Um, the new technologies or current technologies as part of your transformation. Then I would say my, my third uh, advice as far as best practices is have a strong partner. You know, like we had Converge One and, and Cisco. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to do it alone because uh, we just didn't have the staff, we didn't have the resources, um, you know, we didn't have the planning capability yeah. uh, to figure out you know, how we were going to achieve um, all of those transformations. Yep. And then, uh, Tanner, do you have any other best practices that you can add on to what Lambert just shared with us? Uh, just to kind of echo what a- Lambert said, I mean, having having the businesses buy-in and the executive buy-in, you can have the best, you know, best design, best best system in the world, but it's it's going to stall if you don't have, you know, the businesses buy-in. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start taking some of these questions that are coming in. So from Facebook, we have a question. How long did it take to make this uh, implementation of the IT stack with a relatively small team? So I guess maybe from day one when you started to strategize, like how how long does this take to have this kind of digital transformation? Well, we we actually started about two years ago. Oh, okay. um, When I first uh, came aboard Barclay. Um, uh, 
we didn't really, we started our planning um, probably the fall of 2016. Uh, we really didn't get into much implementation and uh, you know, a lot of strategy until the beginning of uh, 2017. Okay. So I would say probably from start to, to finish um, on, our, on the transformations that were completed, it was probably less than, less than two years. Okay. Would you say so? Yeah, from start to finish, planning yeah. to... Yeah, and a lot of that was planning, too. A lot of that was oh, the yeah. planning that you guys yeah. put The majority into. of it. Yeah. yeah. What were you we saying earlier? 90% planning, 10%? Implementation, yeah. Yep. Yeah, if you do all your planning uh, very well up front, your implementation will go as smooth as possible. You know, I'm not going to say, you know, everything is perfect. You know, I mean, there will be little hiccups here and there. But, again, plan, plan, plan. Um, then your implementation will go well. But then also lean on your... Uh, lean on Cisco, lean on your, um, like we leaned on Converge One quite a bit yep. um, there. And, you know, they, being a small team, we had their engineers come on site and actually do the implementation with us. So we were never alone. Yeah. Not, don't go it alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got a question from Yan, Yannick MX2, and he asked, do you have a special management VLAN and subnet? Uh, absolutely. Okay, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so... Um, we actually have a lot of VLANs on our network. <laughs> um, you know, we have um, a pretty healthy uh, topology um, in our network stack. But you know, you know, we have a you know a VLAN, you know, um, you know for voice VLAN for different departments. You know, we have some um, security best practices where we VLAN. But yeah, VLAN for management is an absolute must because if you have any issues um, of uh, you know network connectivity or VLANs failing for whatever reason, you know, you always want to get back to your equipment. Um, over a, a management VLAN. Okay. Okay, so we've got another question here, and it's from Nimesh on YouTube, and he said, I heard about DNS. Um, what are the server IPs, and what is the speed of the resolve? Does that question make sense? <laughs> okay, so what are the server IPs of... And what is the speed of the resolve? I don't know if we might need a little bit more clarification for that question. We got a little bit more coming in. Yeah, well, um, you know, it really kind of depends on your provider. You know, who's your DNS provider? Yeah, usually you know, DNS um, would be a function of your, you know, inter internet provider. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you would have your normal, your, your internal DNS and then your external DNS. You know, as far as like our, our internal resolving capability, it's pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. So, guys, I can't thank you enough for talking with us today. It has been absolutely amazing getting to hear your story. And I wanted to let um, our audience know that we're going to be doing our next Cisco Chat Live on October 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And we're going to talk, be talking about Cisco's SMB portfolio. So if you want to hear a little bit more about that, get into a little bit deeper details, make sure to tune in to Cisco Chat Live on the 18th. And if you, um, you know, listen to Lambert, listen to Tanner, and if you had any other questions and if you want to learn more about the Cisco SMB portfolio, you can go to cisco.com slash go slash SMB. And there's all kinds of information up there. Um, so you can kind of do some self-investigation. So thanks again so much, everybody, for joining. Um, it's been great being here at Spice World and coming to you live from the floor. And hopefully we'll see you at the next Cisco chat on the 18th.